looking for an apartment sucks wherever you live. People in New York will say, oh, it's so hard to find an apartment here. It's hard to find an apartment anywhere. It stinks. You have your mandatories. You have the things that you won't compromise on. You have the things that you don't care about. Like, let's say, oh, I need a dishwasher. I need a dishwasher. I can't live without a dishwasher. I don't care if I don't have a washer and dryer. Some people feel the exact opposite. Some people don't need any amenities. Some people need an elevator. Some people don't. That's so beautiful. We all need different things. And that's why Apartments.com has an app where you can literally use it to tell it what you need and what you don't need. And it tells you, oh, apartments. Here's some. So instead of looking through every single rental listing you possibly can in the neighborhoods you want, you set and forget, like in that old rotisserie grill ad, you set and forget what you want and Apartments.com will let you know when an apartment that matches what you want appears on the market. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking are listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alerts mean you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And our tour begins today. We'll see you in Brooklyn tonight. Tonight. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Isn't that cool? No. <laughs> yes. It's so it's cool. really cool. I know. I'm just, I'm nervous. <sighs> I have, I have so stage excited. anxiety. I'm so excited. I have a little bit of nerves. I might take some CBD before. I wish I had some freaking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, performance anxiety meds. Beta blockers. What did you give me when I went to your house yesterday? I spilled, I spilled coffee all over myself in front of Lindsay's apartment yesterday. Mine spilled, but Lindsay's didn't. I don't know how you get into these situations. Like Bobby's like, I spilled coffee over myself. And then some woman sitting on your stoop who like wasn't my neighbor or anything else like she laughed on the at phone. me. But no, it's like, she who, didn't how do, laugh. you, how do no, you find like no. these specific people? She didn't laugh at me. That's the whole thing. I would have enjoyed She was laughter. like, ew, get away from she me. She was on the phone and she was talking and I was walking past her. And then the coffee fell out of my hands and just like, a full iced coffee onto the ground and spilled everywhere on me, on my mask. And like one drop of it hit her hand. And then she like shook her hand dramatically and looked at me and goes, <laughs> like she was annoyed at me for spilling my coffee. I was like, lady, I'm covered in Java. You always find the most like dramatic, upsetting situations like in this fair city. And when I bent over to pick up the lid that was on the ground with 16 ounces of coffee all around it spilling into the streets uh-huh, i picked up the fine. lid because i didn't want to litter in front of your sure apartment. of course and Thank you. that person just shakes their head at me i was like that's why i was so furious when i went into your apartment not because i spilled the coffee right. but because no, someone was mad at me for spilling having the audacity to spill coffee in i front know of your but apartment. that's why i'm like shook because like my street is nothing but, you know, a warm place. I find anyway, a lot of support from no, my neighbors on my street. Oh, but I'm just saying street. I'm surprised. I hope that person wasn't a neighbor because it's not it's not very nice. I had never seen that person before. The point is I bring this up to say afterwards you very graciously offered me one of your CBD drinks. You were like, you need this to calm down. And it kind of calmed me down. Yeah, I ordered it off Instagram in kind of like a, like a you know, 2 a.m. shopping spree, which I have I have been started having to stop doing. It was and pretty it was good. Like, 
I was like, oh, it's a deal. It's not a deal. It's literally just like, and it's a bunch of glass bottles. I'm not even going to say the brand. It's like a CBD drink. Bobby very hilariously pointed out that it's like water imported from LA. Like it says on the ingredient list. I didn't know. It was like <laughs> LA water. And it's like, oh, we should not be taking their water. <laughs> I was like, I feel bad for drinking this, but it was quite good. The point is, have one of those before you get on stage. We can't wait to see you if you have tickets. Um, buy tickets for our future shows. We just got our tour shirts in, which we'll be selling at the Brooklyn shows and the then later online. They're amazing. The fucking insane. They're so good. No spoilers We've, here. We have You'll not see made a shirt since the OG Rita shirt, which was great and definitely a collector's item, but to me was not as good as it could be. And now we've refined the process and made just a beautiful shirt mm-hmm. uh, that has an insane <laughs> photo premise? on the front. Premise? And the, pr- the premise is truly iconic and really fits with the theme of the of the tour. And, you know, I think you guys will enjoy wearing this. You are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with... Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. This is my second time calling you today because I'm crazy. But I wanted to talk about Derek X and Claire from the most recent season of Big Brother are dating. And I just think it's the cutest relationship ever. I'm super excited for them. But I just think you guys would think it's really fun because Claire is a hooligan. She talked about Who Weekly on one of the Big Brother live feeds when she was in the house. And that was a super exciting moment as a listener. And I'm sure you guys might think it's cute too. Um, So happy for them. Okay, crunch, crunch. Bye. Have a great one. Shout out to the hooligan who caught this on the feed. I want to actually shout them out because they commented on the Instagram and was like, oh, my time watching the live feeds paid off. And I'm just like really in awe of that person, you know? Mm-hmm. Blank from hell on Instagram is the legend. Amanda CWD, she caught this apparently on the live feed, which – Again, for Big Brother, you can just watch the you can watch them literally all day and all night, if I recall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're just the cameras are on. And if you pay for CBS All Access or whatever it is, it's Paramount you can just Plus, continue I to watch. Now. Oh. Is it it's Paramount Plus, not CBS mm-hmm. All Access? No, you're right. And I stopped paying for Paramount Plus. I just want to let everyone know that my subscription ran out and I said, No thanks. I don't need this anymore because because there was no more Drag Race or Love Island. So I said, what is this for? And I know, mm-hmm. don't come for me and say I should be watching Evil. I'm not watching it. Sorry. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I watched Starcrossed and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> what is Starcrossed? Exactly. Oh, okay. my. The Casey okay. Musgraves movie. Oh. You already forgot. You <laughs> oh, already I'm forgot. Sorry. I already forgot. That's not, that was not like, that was not like a joke. That was like a oh, real Oh, I could reaction. tell it wasn't a joke. Oh, I could tell okay. that was authentic. Anyways, I watched it too, I guess, and I already forgot that it existed. And that's actually probably good for her that I forgot it existed. I did, however, watch the Halsey movie on HBO Max, which was really good. It made the album better. It made the songs better, which is like- That's what you want. That's what you want. What else could you ask for? But it looked Mm -hmm. expensive. Like- I think it was. It was expensive. Shot in the IMAX. the plot was good. The plot was good. It ends sad. It ends whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so go watch the Halsey. Why am I saying this? Go watch the Halsey on HBO Max. What was I saying? I already forgot. Oh, you can watch the live feeds. And in one of the live feeds, which I would say is like the smallest moment of time, they're talking about like whatever. Because what do you talk about for these with the same people for 24 hours a day? And Claire says, oh, I listen to a podcast called The Who Weekly or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I listen to a The Who Weekly, which is like a pop culture one. And it's like not people I know about at all, but like yeah. the two hosts are just very funny. And mm-hmm. so it's like I enjoy it a lot. I was in like a full state of disbelief watching this clip. It's funny. It's very cool. And then Timmy, our research assistant slash Big Brother fan, was like, oh, I forgot to tell you that. And I'm like, so. that is you buried the lead, Timmy. <laughs> Timmy, you buried the lead. Get it? You want us to care about you? Talk about our podcast. All right. Um, <laughs> what's next? Hi, Weekly. Um, I had to pause the pod because Bobby was talking about Extreme Sisters, which I did binge, and it was probably one of the greatest decisions of my life. And he forgot to mention the best part of those identical twins who share a boyfriend and they get engaged. Spoilers. Um, when one of them sweeps or vacuums, the other one will make a sweeping or vacuuming motion with their hands so that they are, like, exerting the same amount of energy and doing the exact same thing at all times. Um, And you will literally see them, like, one of them is sweeping and one of them is just, like, sweeping the air with their hands. Um, And, yeah, it's just, like, truly a fascinating watch. Okay, um... Pizza rolls, my starch of starch pizza rolls, you know, one of those. Bye. I don't believe this at all. I do not believe this. Well. This is not true. So this is sort of like, um, okay, cool. It's just a reality show. This is just a funny fact from it. But I, I want your thoughts. And you've already basically answered my question. And so after watching this, I was texting our friend who also watches this and told me to watch it. And the idea that there's two people that I know that are watching this. She was like, do you believe it? Like, how is this real? And I was like, well, here's the thing. So many things on reality television, specifically the reality television that is featured on Discovery Plus, aka HGTV and TLC, is, if not exaggerated, just fully faked. And, like, remember the whole thing with My Strange Addiction? There were, like, Reddit threads from people who were on it, like, AMAs, where they say, they asked me to lie for the camera. They asked me to make this stuff up, and I did it. And, like, even House Hunters, which has been on for, like, 3,000 episodes, is is fundamentally fake fake it's farcical yeah right they've already put an off you do not get to be on that show unless you've put an offer on a house like you've already chosen a house so i'm watching this and i'm like i believe that these sisters are close and that they're kind of weird but all of this other crap is definitely a performance i'll say though like every reality show is different though because i know people who work in reality tv and they say to me a lot of it is quite real and Mm -hmm. like it isn't as coerced or at least the show that i work on is not as coerced Mm -hmm. as you would think like like a lot of this is the people is the casting and I be, and I do believe them but you're right like these situational ones do feel very like they're pulling stuff out yeah. by by its hair and we've heard more stories about this than not so at this point we're already like in we're already in like the post reality show world you know we were in yeah. like the peak of reality TV is has passed is now long gone. You know, yeah. now we're like in the dregs almost and the the metaverse of it all, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, there's still a lot of reality TV, but I think that in terms of like intellectually, we, we are in post-reality TV. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's all this like one-upmanship in this, especially in like the TLC-verse where it's like... <laughs> Well, they'll like make a show and it like has four more viewers than normal. And they'll be like, we need 10 more shows that are exactly like this or with the same people (laughs) or with one of the people or somebody who looks like the person or something. You know, like they'll Mm -hmm. there is like us. They're so the shows are so cheap that if there's like a spark of interest, like you then you see like a fucking avalanche of the same shit. 
Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of calls about this, but I just needed to call out um, when you were talking about Courtney and Travis and the coverage of their engagement. Um, you neglected to mention the People.com article, uh, which mentions both of their past relationships and that simply states Kardashian was previously linked to I don't know how to say his name, Eunice and Luca Sabat, while Barker briefly dated Rita Ora in 2015. That's his only relationship history, which is noted by this People.com article. And uh, I don't even know what to do with that. I didn't know that. Um, I feel like I should have known that just from listening to the podcast. Um, but there you have it. All right. Please discuss. Thank you. Live in La Vida Laptop. They did it for three months. <laughs> They did it for three months, um, and it it got such headlines as, I don't have that longing to be in a relationship 24-7. Blink-22 drummer Travis Barker ends his romance with Rita Ora after just three weeks, and Travis Barker says girlfriend Rita Ora is stunning <laughs> and hot. <laughs> well, that's what I like about this relationship. It's that it's not... Rita Ora has been rumored to be in so many relationships with musicians, but you don't get actual quotes about it. And right, this and this one, one had quotes. Travis right. was like, I am dating this woman named Rita Ora, and here's what I think about this woman whom I am dating. Like, it's it's verified right. in the way that Rita Ora's relationships typically are not. I mean, also, Travis was married for a long time. To Shanna. So I think, to Sh- right, Shanna Mochler, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think his, like, dating history where he, like, hooked up with Rita Ora a few times for a few months like, was probably exciting for him in a way that's different than, like, Courtney's string of kind of longer dating situations you know mm-hmm. yeah but why courtney and travis are so cute quote unquote cute for each other as like you know i do think that they've kind of taken some of that way away by being so annoying <laughs> recently <laughs> but seriously it's like enough already like it's not but it's, they had so much like well there was so much well wishing for them because it's like they both have kids they're both coming out of these long relationships you know they're both trying to they're, they're it's not very j-lo yeah. ben affleck like it's very it's not misguided it feels like healthy it feels like they really like each other it's nice it's hopeful but then it's like okay and not, like now i'm just like bored of of this couple well, that's like, the cycle took, that is that is celebrity that is you were describing celebrity yeah right it's like it's over it's too much overexposure too much overexposure exactly Exactly. but if anything the kardashians have proven that they are good at sort of taking control of those ebbs and flows like they understand when they've been around too much they kind of dip then they come back like they've mastered that like sort of wave do you think now they're gonna dip no i think they're gonna have to dip and then they're gonna come back when the wedding happens like i think if you distilled their job description into a single part it's like maintaining fame that's their job maintaining fame Somebody said there were cameras at, I mean, of course, there are always cameras because they're always making content, but there were cameras at the proposal and people were like, oh, that's for the Hulu show. And we don't even know what the Hulu show is. And this is not even a call about the Kardashians. It's about Rita Ora. (laughs) The series premiere of the Hulu show, The Engagement. Or something. I'm sure. Well, who even knows what the, we don't even know what the format is. I know. We don't even know when it premieres. (laughs) Great. Can't wait. All right. Next call. Next call. Next call. Hey, Bobby and Lindsay. I'm glad that you reminded me that Queens was airing. I did just watch the pilot episode. And honestly, I'm a big fan. You know, Brandy, Eve, they're bringing great performances. Was not expecting some of the twists. I think it's really cute. I just needed to report back and say that hooligans should go support Queens. 
Yay. Okay. Grateful for Sharna. Crunch, crunch. Love a call like this. I Had love the a same call experience. Like this. Um, in short, loved Queens. In long, loved I think Queens. We're, we're gonna talk about this on Patreon. So if you want to like hear us talk about Queens, we'll we're gonna do that. Loved Over my there. problem with Queens. The thing that oh, really bummed me Bobby out. Bobby already Queens. is disagreeing no. with my rule that we're gonna talk about on Patreon. But no, it's okay. Talk about it here. The short, the short is it was so good, but it's not television. If Patreon Queens were episodes, I love it. No, Queens. I watched twenty episodes this season. Bobby. I already uh-huh. said we're taking it to Patreon, and you are okay. already literally doing what I said we're not doing. Okay, well, let's take it to Patreon. See you on Patreon. We talk about queens. Okay, next call. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I'm calling to represent the West African hooligans. Crunch, crunch. Um, right now, we're having a moment. We have an artist. I think he is a borderline crossover, though, WizKid. I think you know WizKid when I say WizKid. His song, Essence, it's been a movement already where I am in Ghana. I'm actually a Ghanaian hooligan, but I'm going to call in for the Nigerian hooligans because clearly no one has. Um, Wizkid, his song, Essence, is a moment right now, and there's another artist called Thames. I think Wizkid is pretty much a them. You could debate that. But Thames is a who, and Thames is definitely somebody I want to know more about. So I'm calling in to, you know, represent for our West African who's borderline thems, uh, crunch, crunch, Ghana to loss is the best one. Bye. When we talk about stuff that's like not America, it's harder because it's like not familiar and it feels like you don't have as much context and you feel... Like every time we talk about Australia, it's from our very specifically American perspective. Exactly. But then I'm like, oh, sick. If somebody in Ghana like listens to this and like actually enjoys it and doesn't think we're like fools, that's cool. I don't know. The caller's first question, well, not even a question, was just like they think that Wizkid might be a them. Because obviously Wizkid is a them in West Africa. Obviously Wizkid is a them in Nigeria. But like I don't know if he's a them here yet. But the song that the caller is calling about, Essence, it's the first ever Nigerian song to ever be in the top 10 on Billboard, ever. And this is where we need to be specific here. There are lots of different charts. This is the Billboard Hot 100. Hot 100. Like, there are lots of different charts. Mm -hmm. And there have been Nigerian artists on the charts, on the American charts. But this one specifically, this, like, this achievement is breaking the top 10 and there's this very specific reason as to why this song broke the top 10 and not because it's it's I mean it is good obviously that's one of the reasons but it's because Justin Bieber got on this song which however Mm -hmm. you feel about Justin Bieber he has a history of blowing songs up like look at Despacito Mm -hmm. um I don't think Luis Fonzi who who also very much benefited from Justin Bieber getting on that song would complain that Justin Bieber got on his song. I mean, it it probably, it definitely helped Mm -hmm. with his like success. So I do think that in saying like, you know, oh, is Justin Bieber's like jumping on a song? It does make a difference at this point. And whoever is like advising him and sending him these tracks, like, they're doing a good job because he seems to like know exactly when it's we, you also mentioned um Kid Leroy like Kid Leroy Australian artist who blew up because he did a song with Justin Bieber right like and I don't want to be like entirely generous to him like it's very cool that he does this but there's also something self-serving about it too like it's cool for him to find like up-and-coming artists from other places and sort of like I don't know air quotes introduce them to a broader American audience 
but like he does it a lot and it is kind of cool. I just thought of the um the song that was popular that um Jason Derulo hopped on. What was it called? Oh my god, it's was like stuck in my head for months. Tusher, Jolie Baby. Yeah. Which is like not as good of a song. So it's like funny because it's like, yes, hopping on like a viral song is like a good idea and like strategy wise, whatever. But I do feel like Bieber and his team do have a little bit more of a sartorial eye in terms of what he decides to get on. Like there is a coolness factor that he's trying to maintain and actually successfully maintains. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Drake as being an example of an artist who doesn't even who doesn't really hop on songs as much as he like kind of deals borrows is influenced by the vibe and gets made <sighs> hires not them the first to write to say for this. him or whatever exactly brings yeah. them into the writer's room but it's his name on the song it's not him jumping on a song that already exists to like give it clout almost it is um very much like i'm gonna be influenced by you in my music you know and and just release a song that kind of sounds yeah. like it's from there so that's like maybe the difference like Bieber could be essentially like glomming off of the sounds of the music but instead what he's doing is just kind of the very basic like I'm just gonna like do a verse on this and see how it goes and again I think that could be seen as bad but in my from my perspective these artists like love this shit you know so Wizkid he's 30 now he was really young when he released this song that got Drake's attention I think he was like 23 or 24 it's called Oju Alegba So this song was a pretty huge hit in Nigeria. Drake hears it, then Drake does a remix of it. It sounds like this. Look, it's gonna be a long, long time before we stop. Boy, better know they better know who made the scene pop. All I ever needed was a chance to get the team hot. Only thing I fear is a headshot or a screenshot. Pre me, that my pre me. You know they only call me when they need me. I never go anywhere, they never see me. I'm the type to take it easy, take it easy. I was reading an interview that Drake did about the song when it came out in 2015, and he talked about how he met Wizkid and he was like, basically, I followed him on Instagram. Wizkid saw he followed me. So he DM me and then we DM for a while. And I was like, next time you're in London, let's meet up. And they did. And then he added this verse. And then he also goes, I just did it because I was in the moment. I wasn't thinking like, oh man, I got to get my brand up in Nigeria. Not to say that's not important. I'm super honored to be on that song. Anyway, their relationship was formed, and then Drake was on another one of his songs, and then Drake had him co-write One Dance, which was huge, which is why it kind of honestly sounds like a Wizkid song. Like, it's that aesthetic. And it's funny, because Brown Skin Girl does, is he also worked on Brown Skin Girl, or like was on that song, and it also sounds a lot like... Well, he won a Grammy for that. So did Blue Ivy, Bobby. (laughs) No, I love that. Brown Skin, isn't it? Yeah, Brown Skin Girl featuring Blue Ivy Carter. Iconic name. Iconic name for a song. Okay, but the caller called about Thames, not Wizkid. The caller was like, I already know about Wizkid. Wizkid is like practically, is like, should be a them to you, but it is a them to me. I mean, I really didn't know a ton about Wizkid until this caller called, and I realized I had heard all these songs and known about Wizkid, but not really. So I can't argue, I can't front and say that like I knew, you know? So I wouldn't call Wizkid a them here. In my perspective. Here? No, I don't think so. And Thames, I I think, is even more specifically a who because of even just this one thing, this one billboard headline. Thames is named Apple Music Up Next artist. Like, what's whoier than Apple Music Up Next or like VH1 You Oughta Know? That's That's what it reminds me of. You want to know use it's it when it first started, it really was up and coming artists. But it was like like Adele was like a you ought to know, probably. Uh, Adele was absolutely you ought to know in like 2009. Yeah. 
which was actually exactly when she, she was but was not known. But anyway, back to Thames. She has this like very beautiful, unique, deep voice. Wait, let me quote the way Rolling Stone described it. She has distinct bassy vocals that help make Essence the breakup. You don't need no other body. You don't need no other body. Only you feel on my body. Only you feel on my body. So this song is huge, but she's been like bubbling to the surface of, I guess, like the specifically American charts too. Because of Certified Lover Boy, she's on one of those tracks. And this that's one of the biggest albums of the year. What song was she on on Certified Lover Boy? She's on Fountains. But the other person who recently co-signed her is Rihanna. So now there's this really cute video of the like Savage X Fenty, but the most recent like premiere of whatever her that runway show was. Whether or not it's the first time they met, she's really excited to see her. And she like Rihanna screams and fangirls out over Thames and they hug. And you can barely hear it because like I think Body is playing really loudly behind them. But she says something like, I think Rihanna's like completely drowning her in compliments. And Thames is like, oh, don't say that. Oh my God, don't say that. And she says, quit something like quit being humble. Enough with being humble. Like you're a badass. You're amazing. Like you have to own it or something. It's very sweet. And it's a sort mm-hmm. of thing where it's like, if you have someone like that on your corner, then there's kind of no stopping you. Yeah. Speaking of Nigerian music superstars, did you see Burna Boy's Open Door? Yeah, I loved it. He lives in this gigantic house in Lagos. I love when they leave California. It's like my dream. <laughs> yeah. It's like when yeah. Open Door like leaves California. Seriously, it's like so much more interesting. It's like, oh, finally somebody's house that they're not about to put on the market in like six months. Mm-hmm. Also, well, he has so much cool weird shit like in terms of like he has like a pool that says African Giant on the bottom mm-hmm. of the pool. I love it. Like a custom pool, which is custom so funny. And, album. and like and fleck, just like a flex. Like I just love it. I couldn't believe whenever someone that famous like reveals something really basic about themselves, he's showing off his theater and he goes, <laughs> his theater has all these posters around it. You know, like everyone who has like a home theater, they surround it in like posters of the things that they like. And it's got like Scarface and Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. And then he goes, if you don't know Stranger Things, we have issues. Where I'm just like, it's so, like, you're so cool. And then you're like, I love Stranger Things. It is my personality. Yeah, and well, I'm just like, a, that is so fucking funny. It's a curse on our... <laughs> it's so... Burna Boy knows who Millie Bobby Brown is, if you had any questions. Burna Boy knows who Millie Bobby Brown is. That's actually a great answer to a question I didn't have, but <laughs> you would maybe ask in the future. Also, have you noticed... I mean, this is... It's not a trend until there's three, I think, but I've noticed two architectural digest profiles in the past year have included rich people who have like fancy tic-tac-toe boards in their house and this shows off burna boy's fancy tic-tac-toe board that's on his coffee table surrounded by like it's very like somebody's grandma like stuff that you're not supposed to touch it's like who would be play- you would not be playing tic-tac-toe for first of all who's playing tic-tac-toe like casually like well, in a group setting you see a lot of like ch- like lucite or glass chess boards in like grandma houses. Yes. You know? So it's weird yes. to have it in your house when you're like cool. <laughs> well, it reminded me of it like shows this quick shot of this like fancy tic-tac-toe board surrounded by like coffee table books for like Louis Vuitton and like, you know, like all the all like, those like celebrities have the same coffee table books, right? Right. You're not supposed to open or to play with any of these things. But it reminded me of Lala Anthony did, she moved to our neighborhood, well, our neighborhood-ish, she moved to Brooklyn and bought this like 
fake brownstone and she did a spread but not a video and she has another fancy loose site or whatever tic-tac-toe board next to a fancy she connect four board connect and four loose site which i've never ever <laughs> seen in my damn life is a loose site connect four here's the thing don't you don't you spill those onto the ground? Like, don't they like shat? When you're done playing Connect Four and you have to reset, don't they have to fall? She has a cute little cubby underneath it. Do you see? Like, they fall into the container. No, I understand, but I just feel like being made from nicer materials is not like the is not great for Connect clang, Four. Clang, 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 clang. Right. Like, just keep them keep it simple plastic. I get that it's not for display, but who wants to display their Connect Four set? Well, I just, Lindsay, I don't get Lala it. Lala Anthony does. So Burna Boy's house, it's like part of a larger coffee table. It's like art on this larger coffee table. Lala's, it's two specific tables in a like parlor with chairs across. It's like a gaming yeah, area. It's, it's very much like, it's giving me Washington Square Park. You know, it's giving me, please sit down and let me hustle you or something. Okay, it's giving you Washington Square Park. But the first thing I thought when I saw this was, her house looks like a hotel lobby. And then you read the thing and she goes, my inspiration for this game table was to create extra seating in the kitchen and dining area that felt like you were in a hotel lobby. Stop. Stop. Okay. Um. But so WizKid... Clearly Nigerian them, bubbling American them. Yeah, but still not a them yet. Tim's, I think, absolute who at this point. Yeah, but with obviously the right cosigns. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I just am calling to say that I am living for this casually goth outfit that Ruby Lee Curtis is wearing in this uh, people spread. That's all. Crunch, crunch. Casually goth. I love that the caller is like, I'm living for the outfit. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> yeah. like you're bearing no, the lead truly. here, but that's fine. It is fascinating to me that Jamie Lee Curtis's press tour for Halloween kills involves mm-hmm. literally this people, this beautiful people article about the like her daughter coming out as trans, essentially, which is like the funniest timing. And I don't I'm not even trying to imply that it's like nefarious. It's just so funny no. that it's part it's just part of the timing of everything else. Like Jamie Lee Curtis has done every single outlet for a movie she's in for maybe 15 minutes top. I'm sorry, she's barely in that movie. I like you saw it, I saw it. She's she's barely in it. I'm like the 2018 Halloween apologist and I hated this movie. I mean, I'm just saying I know she's the star. Like I know it's like I saw a tweet that was like Lori and Michael will be chasing each other with their walkers like in 10 years. Like they'll still be going. Like that's true, but in this movie it's like she's injured. She's like in the hospital and everyone's like Lori stop and she's like no and they're like stop and then she's like ow and that's like her the whole movie, you know what I mean? And then they're like here Lori take this knife for the third movie. So just making Jamie Lee who I know loves it like trot around town like doing the press for this and being like it's about trauma, it's about trauma, it's about trauma. It's like trauma, trauma. You got to say like she really is one of our greatest stars. Like she really is one of our best stars. Every time something really fucked up happens in Halloween Kills, I was like I guess this really is about trauma. Like like, that's pretty traumatic. <laughs> I mean, it's traumatic for me because I had to watch it and I was like, ugh, 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 So the whole time. what surprised me about this coming out story, which is uplifting, positive. It's it's like good, uplifting content. Everyone's saying the right things, especially Jamie, who I was, who would, is, the, That's know. the surprising thing. I'm like, wow, Jamie's, I mean, to me, I mean, as a cis person, I, I keep, take that with a grain of salt. But like, to me, she seems to be saying things smartly and thoughtfully which is i think more than i would have expected from her she seems very brash she seems very like passionate in a way where she would say things without thinking but it does seem like she's had time to like 
uh, get things right. This is here. a this is I don't think Ruby Ruby is is her daughter. I don't mm-hmm. think Ruby wants to make her mom look bad or stupid or yeah. anything. So she's saying obviously the right things and mm-hmm. you know what's nice is that it's a coming out story that's on the positive. It's like on the like everything post it's like it it's i'm so happy i did this and i'm so happy i have the support of my parents like don't forget like ruby's father is christopher Christopher guest so it's like you know you you come from this like pedigree jamie lee curtis is the daughter of tony curtis who by the way totally alienated his like six his like five children that he had through six marriages like Mm. treated them like shit was like not a good father to them um and her mother is obviously what's her face janet lee Janet Lee from the birds. So she's got the horse, the horror psycho. pedigree and I'm all psycho. that. Sorry, the psycho pedigree. Right. Did I say the birds? <laughs> well, you said Who's the, the birds? birds? Uh, Tippy Hendren. It's Tippy Hendren. Thank it's you. Melanie Griffith's mom. Melanie Griffith's mom. Okay, God. It's, my brain is like, I remember some things very well and some things I just. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock was like, I have a type. A blonde woman in peril. <laughs> it's Jamie Lee has now given us so much and she's even given us like the right way to, to have, like the right way to react to like your daughter coming out as trans like in the press and seeming like seemingly also behind closed doors like we don't know i mean we don't know that story well ruby says in her people profile it was scary just the sheer fact of telling them something about me they didn't know it was intimidating but i wasn't worried they had been so accepting of my of me my entire life and then i guess ruby came out and then ruby leaves and then Jamie says, I called her immediately. Needless to say, there were some tears involved. So you can sort of like fill in the blanks of this story and realize that like that may have been like a traumatic experience for Ruby and Jamie Lee, but more importantly, Ruby. I was going to say, clearly she's going around saying, she's going around saying that Halloween is a trauma, as a movie about trauma when her life also also involves tra- real traumatic experiences that have happy endings, you know, like actual happy endings, not the ending of Halloween Kills, which was like, oh, fuck this, you know, when Michael's like, bye-bye, like, hello, bye-bye, <laughs> yeah, hello. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny to see that whatever juxtaposition here where you have her talking about like this extreme version of trauma where it's like, it's about trauma that women go through, you know, whenever they're socked by a psychopath killer who's (laughs) seemingly invincible (laughs) for the majority of their life. And then it's like, oh, no, you actually have a pretty relatable story. You and Sidney Prescott from Screen have a lot in common. Like that's (laughs) the only contemporary that you have to relate to that. It's like the most unrelatable trauma or whatever. I know she's saying it's a metaphor, but like this, like having generation. Being trans and having to come out to your friends and family is real and a lot of people have to go through that and experience it. It's rough. Mm -hmm. And it's like funny to be like to I don't know. It's it's just it's also just funny that it's such a she's such an A-lister and she's going around promoting this like fucking trash movie again (laughs) having to do both of these things at once is very funny because she's having to do the she's having to do the metaphor halloween and then she's having to do the the real life version like the truth which is just like oh an actual mother and daughter working on actual issues that actual parents and children deal with every single day all over the world yeah 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 yeah. so it's just like weird to see both of these conversations happening at the same time totally but when I think of Jamie Lee Curtis, I think of someone who's maybe kind of a powder keg. I think of that photo of her drinking the beer, getting angry and pointing. You know what I'm talking about. And so to see, I'm just going to read this story and this quote in full because I think it's like surprising for someone like her. I knew Ruby had a boyfriend. I knew that Ruby had used the word bi, but gender identity and sexual orientation, those are two separate things. And I knew that Ruby played female avatars in video games. But when you ask, do you have an inkling that Ruby was trans? I would say no. But when I replayed Ruby's life, I went, hmm, that, that, those, hmm. That's to me like a very 
thoughtful and kind and like generous thing to say. And I appreciated that she wasn't like, I always knew this wasn't a surprise to me. Like she made it a process, which I think like any coming out story like is a process. It's not a one-time thing. Again, cis person speaking here, but I thought that was like a very interesting way to put it. It was like, oh, you know, she always played female avatars. I never thought that meant that she was trans, but I, I'm now thinking about that. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. And like she was expressing herself like through her ch- – because Ruby, her – her job is like she literally works in video games. She's like mm-hmm. a video game streamer. She's, she's a, a video, video editor, editor for a gaming personality on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's really into video games. And Jamie, I think, goes to Comic-Con like with Ruby. Because like didn't she go like last year with like a monster mask on or something? She went a couple of years ago, I think, before As the, like... right before the pandemic. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, Jamie Lee's down. Like Jamie Lee went to Comic-Con but clearly like, it's a because Diablo of Ruby. mask or something. Right. Like, yeah. Ruby, like it's to connect with like her daughter, clearly. And there's a funny, I guess the obviously... The Halloween Kills premiere was Halloween themed, so people came in costume. Jamie Lee came dressed as her mother in Psycho, and Ruby came dressed as a video game character in this very like if you didn't know what this was, and I didn't know what this video game was at first, but it's clearly it's so a costume niche. from a video game. It's so cute. She came as the protagonist from a video game called Undertale. Undertale. Right? It's just a very like gamery, like not just like, oh, I play Grand Theft Auto, but like, oh, this is a true gamer thing. No, and Ruby's I saw a this- gamer. I want to end this, though. I think the number one thing that why you can tell that Jamie Lee Curtis is a thoughtful and caring person is evidence mm-hmm. here where literally same week as all this is coming out, you get a headline that says this. And clearly this is just from some she's doing a million interviews. So this is one of the tidbits from the details. interviews that got yeah. pulled out. It says Jamie Lee Curtis reveals that she and Lindsay Lohan created a secret texting code after filming Freaky Friday. And I don't even need to click on this to know what the code is, who gives a shit. But if Jamie Lee Curtis is keeping in touch with Lindsay Lohan, that means that she is a good person. Because imagine the stress and the trauma of keep, keeping in touch with Lindsay Lohan for her entire life. That's to me, that's to me, that's that's impressive. I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use audio from Rich Joswiak's iconic and instantly viral compilation of Jamie Lee Curtis saying the word trauma in her press tour to move into the next call. No one's better at the supercut than Rich Joswiak, honestly. It's a movie about trauma. It's a movie about trauma. And the movie is about trauma. The 2018 movie obviously was a movie about trauma. The whole last movie was a study in trauma. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone photo that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. my photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful.
But you Aura frames it. are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. You've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of CBD, a little bit of CB distillery, that's getting me goes a long way. getting me conked right out <laughs> and, and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep. Some That's are for true. relaxation. But like, I love the sleep ones. They say, shh. Those gummies they sent us, I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like, you were like, I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> you said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. <laughs> CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm, 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity, and an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. And I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over two million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com code WHO cbdistillery.com Hey Lindsay, Bobby. So Justin Guarini is in a new Britney Spears musical that's premiering in D.C. French, French. There is a musical. We think we've maybe mentioned this before. The weirdest timing of all. I know musicals take a long time to go in the pipeline, but mm-hmm. when they made this musical, they had no idea what was going to happen with Britney Spears <laughs> in 2020 and 21. Right? Am I right? Th- this has probably been in development for about five years because it was scheduled to premiere in the fall of 2019. Oh my then God. they pushed it to the spring of 2020. You, Obviously, that like, didn't happen. Fuck. There's a lot more about this now. There's a lot more uh, context. Right. There's basically two and a half to three years that has recontextualized everything about her. So, like, and not to be rude, the first whenever I see this, I think immediately think, where's this money going? Like, where, where's the where'd the money go that licensed these Britney Spears songs? Where's that going? Like, who's getting that? Does she have any creative input in this? I bet not. I mean, the, yeah. And I was wondering. I was like, is this a true jukebox musical? And it is. It is. It's not about her life. Oh my! If it was about her life, oh, we'd be it'd be canceled. It is a reimagining of Cinderella set to Britney Spears music plus some extra stuff. Once upon a one more time, which is the clunkiest the clunkiest name. Title. I get what they're going for, but it's awful, sorry. Yeah. Justin Guarini is in it playing uh he's playing Prince Charming. Yes, he is. Wow. Here's the synopsis. Famous fairy tale princesses, including Cinderella, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty, are gathering together for a, you guessed it, book club when Cinderella makes a desperate wish for a new story to read. A fairy godmother grants her a wish and gives them a new book. Let me tell you what that book is. Drum roll, please. 
The Feminine Mystique. What? It's about princesses becoming feminists. What? Using through the music of Britney Spears? Lindsay, how many times <laughs> do I have to explain it to you? It's about princesses becoming feminist. I gotta say, like, I'm such a bad judge of musicals though. Like, I think mus- I'll think a musical is so stupid and then it's like the number one musical for like a thousand years, and, like it's never closing, you know? You're like yelling through a window, being like, this sucks. <laughs> and everyone else is just waving back. <laughs> I mean, I'll just be like, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And I'll be like, it won every Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a good judge of that. I really have to say. So to me, this sounds like poopy, but maybe it'll be amazing. I don't know. Britney Spears music is good. Like, obviously it's good. That's the problem. That's do the I want to hear like a belted version of Toxic though? I don't think I do. Even Britney doesn't do a belted version of Toxic. She does like a jazzy version or something. But what you said earlier is, I think, the point of this. So it's like, okay, yeah, Justin Guarini, he was the runner-up, iconically made from Justin to Kelly with Kelly Clarkson. He has iconically, since iconically, been, iconically, iconically, iconically. He has since been quite active on Broadway, specifically. I saw him on Broadway once, accidentally. Accidentally, my ass. Because a friend had a plus one, and she was like, do you want to come see... Accidentally, my ass. She was like, do you want to come see Justin Guarini in a musical by the Frozen people with me, like, tomorrow? And I was like, yes, I'll be there. And so I saw that. It was fine. He was good in it. What you pointed out earlier is the thing that I think is most interesting is like it's hard, if not impossible, to read a story like this or to talk about this without wondering like, where's the money going? Well, to be honest, I wouldn't have really thought about that necessarily without the last two years of Britney Spears' life. Okay, so I'm not saying like I would have thought of – I don't think I would have thought of that as a thing until thinking about her life now and being like, hmm, this this feels like a deal that someone else made on her behalf or whatever. It feels bad and weird. Anyway, I just like, like, what's funny is like, I actually do think that Britney Spears would like this plot. <laughs> like, she yeah. actually might think this is good. Britney like, Spears is in the realizing things phase of her life. She loves yeah, realizing things. It's within the realm, you know, like, ugh. and maybe this musical would have been better if it had more of um, a, I guess it, it could be seen as a metaphor of her own life, you know, like freedom and, you know, finding yourself again and being locked well, like, away. And then well, even the like, metaphor of the princess of- like thinking yeah. you have it all and being on top of the world and then realizing that, oh, wait, you are still being like constrained in these ways that are bigger than you ever kind of realized. So maybe this will work in that way because maybe they'll twist. They Maybe that's like what they're trying. That's what they're going to try and spin it as now, which like is, yeah. you know, not the worst thing. Either way, Justin Guarini is the <laughs> star. He's definitely in the perfect place to do like the, the it's like funny to have that name recognition for like a very specific age group of people and then you can literally yeah. live off that your entire life in like various performances including like Broadway cuz you're a singer like being on a cruise or like you know these little hosting hosting the 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 15th annual anniversary of like some company's retreat or something you know that that type of work people who if they can maintain their voice like take care of their voice who will always be able to work in music are justin guarini fantasia brino and like clay aiken you know like Like, these are just like early american idol early american idol winner slash runner-ups like slash fan favorites like that name recognition will never go away even if they are funny because that totally drops after like season five it's like you start to lose you start to lose them but yeah the early the early winners were definitely like famous i would also argue though justin guarini has a good voice they all have good voices but fantasia brino has been putting out good music to like up until this point like she continually puts out she still puts out good music and mm-hmm. Justin Guarini often. just is Justin Guarini is just like doing pe- a doctor, diet like, Pepsi commercial. he's just doing like Dr. Diet Pepsi ads or whatever right Diet Pepper sorry it was Dr. Pepper diet we have Dr. to play Pepper. we have to play the the video of him as Lil Sweet Diet Dr. Pepper in commercials for Diet Dr. Pepper 
I really want a cupcake, but not the calories. Little sweet sliding down the banister. Someone crying because they can't have a cupcake? I, I didn't cry. On the inside, you did. Little Sweet can hear that. He can. Don't worry. Little Sweet brought you some sweet zero calorie treats called Diet Dr. Peppers. Oh, yeah. That is sweet. Little Sweet defying gravity. Is that Little Sweet? Diet Dr. Pepper. It's the sweet one. You know what this means? Whenever this premieres on Broadway, we're going to finally see. I bet they've been waiting for this moment. Justin Garini's going to go on the Kelly Clarkson show. Oh, you. Oh, my God. He better. Well, I bet he, they're going to do like a reunion thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I just looked up to see if he's married because I'm like, maybe there'll be some rumors that they're going to like hook up or something because <laughs> uh-huh. she's now divorced, but there's not. He's he's married. I mean, it doesn't mean that there won't be rumors, but he is he is happily or I don't know, happily, not my not my life, but he is married. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if Justin Guarini won, what would have what would be the sliding doors version of like our lives if Justin Guarini won American Idol? Uh fuck i would like to believe that kelly clarkson would have still gotten a record deal and still released music but would she have attracted the caliber of songwriters that she got for that first album i don't know like and i think that's sort of what took her over the top the song that was written for the winner of american idol was a moment like this and no mm-hmm. matter who won that was going to be their that song. was their song so that the the popularity of that song was not attached to kelly clarkson if justin guarini would have won he would have sang that song and it probably would have still done really well is what mm-hmm. i'm saying so that's what's interesting to me where it's like that hit song because like his first song after that i don't even know what that was like his fault fo- his follow-up song he had an album that was called Justin Guarini, right? And it uh, coincided with the single releases of the current second season of American Idol, top two finalists, and the movie from Justin to Kelly. So they both had that flop of a movie, right? But she had a moment like this, and she had, you're right, the attention from songwriters that would then come and say, we want to like help you make your first album. Also, I think you won a, didn't, with American Idol, you like win a recording contract. You like you win, win the access, contract. I think that, you know what I think, now that we're talking about it, I think, because I'm looking through... I'm looking through Justin's album and he had like Babyface, Brian McKnight on his album. He had Justin Timberlake writing on his album. Like he had also kind of a quote unquote elite group of songwriters on his album too. I bet the album Kelly Clarkson released after being runner up on American Idol would have been extremely similar to the album that she released in our reality. Because it's not like there was overlap in terms of their musical style or the songwriters that they were attracting. Maybe... The answer is that Kelly would have been the same famous, but Justin Guarini would be more famous. Would it be a little something. bit more famous. But like Kelly yeah. would have gone where she is no matter what. Because then I'm thinking about like Jennifer Hudson who like didn't win Idol. Like not winning Idol wasn't like a death sentence. Like no, Jordan Sparks didn't win yeah. Idol. Like a lot of like stars like didn't win Idol, you know? Yeah, exactly. And especially early on in that show's history too, like it was everybody fine got he famous. Didn't win. Yeah, everybody got famous. So yeah. Fascinating. I need you to play this version of a moment like this. Some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. Some people search forever for that one special kiss. Oh, I can't believe it's happening to me. Some people wait a lifetime for a Oh my god wow we are so we're so blessed that he didn't there's he can't even hold a candle to her Mm -hmm. performance of that 
right? Like I have a lot of problems with our current timeline, but not when it comes to the person who got to record a moment like this. Um, hey, Who Weekly, long time, first time. Um, I was just on Goodreads reading reviews for Jonathan Franzen's latest book. Um, and Amarie, Grammy nominated, winning, winning singer songwriter. Can you hear the slack sound in the background? I am at work. Anyway, she uh, reviewed the book, gave it five stars, and said it was brilliant. So we know that Amory knows who Jonathan Franzen is, but does Jonathan Franzen know who Amory is? Um, I would love your perspective. Um, me on Goodreads. We've talked about Amory's book club before. It has gone on longer than most other um, celebrity book clubs. I think it is literally the only successful celebrity book club that I've seen. I think Aside it's the only like successful celebrity book that isn't like Reese or Oprah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Truly. Like, Didn't it, you just, she's been doing uh, it for like five years. Amory yeah, book club merch the other day? I bought an Amory book club hat. what you bought? <laughs> I bought an Amory book club hat because I think it's great. It's khaki. It says Amory's book club. <laughs> it's this one thing that got me tripping and I had to buy it. <laughs> it's this one book that got me reading and we probably like did this exact bit. And Amory's on top of it because the Franzen's new. She jumped all over it. She said, I got to read the book that everyone's talking about. And she said it was great. Um, I can't Brilliant. speak to it being great. I've never read it and I'm not sure I will, but... Does Jonathan Franzen? It's on my it's on my nightstand. Is it uncracked? Love it. <laughs> Literally uncracked. Well, now that Amory says it's good, are you gonna read it? Well, now that she's called it brilliant, I may have to. I was trying to find out like who, what is Jonathan Franzen's like vibe musically? Like what? What do you think? Like, do you think he listens to R and B? Do you think he listens to one thing? No. Do you think he hears the opening of Hitch and is like, yes, my favorite song. This is my jam. Jonathan Franzen does not know who Amory is, but has he heard one thing? Maybe. <laughs> can't determine People, Like, you can't live in this country in, over the past 10 years and not have heard one thing, like, passively. It's literally our national anthem. Yeah, like, it's literally, it's literally the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, I don't understand. You, you have to, you would have to have heard it at least once, you know? Please rise for our national anthem. Sarah Paulson doesn't know who Doja Cat is, according to an Instagram live I just watched. That's insane, right? I mean, I honestly am, I have this theory in my head that people think that Sarah is the one teaching Holland Taylor about pop culture, but I honestly feel like it's the other way around. I think Sarah Paulson truly just only knows anybody if she works with them on a TV or movie show. Can you guys confirm this, Sarah? Do you think Holland Taylor knows who Doja Cat is and maybe she has to explain to Sarah, like when they're sitting on the couch at night watching TV, like about the latest TikTok trends and about the latest pop stars? And we're going down a rabbit hole at this point. Okay, grateful for Sharna. Bye. Your fantasy is interesting, but I don't think that Holland Taylor is like out here being like, have you heard the new Doja Cat song? <laughs> I love Doja Cat. You don't? Cat. You don't? No, I think they both huh. don't know. It is funny because Sarah Paulson does give off the vibe of knowing about culture because she's really into housewives. And, and I she's think online. The, I just think that the illusion 
of housewives being like the niche thing that it is is not real anymore. So like people are like, oh, if she knows housewives, she must like know everything there is to know about gay culture ever. And it's like she doesn't, right? Like she just yeah. – she doesn't. So yeah. uh, it is crazy to me she doesn't know Doja Cat is because I feel like she goes to enough events where Doja Cat either was at one or performed at one. So that's like a little bit weird to me. Like maybe she missed the one that Doja Cat did anything at. And also I feel yeah. like Doja Cat's music is like just all over everything right now. So it's hard to not even hear it. Um, but maybe she just like didn't know the songs that she's hearing were Doja Cat, yeah. um, to be fair. And I don't know. I mean, you know, she's in her own bubble. Yeah, I think it's easy to assume that someone like Sarah Paulson, who is like a contemporary queer icon, would just like know everything about contemporary queer culture. But that's kind of a trap. And also she's an actor. She's very good at seeming charming and relatable. But and so it's fair. I think that's why I think that's why it like throws you for a loop whenever they don't know everything that you expect them to know that they're not as online and like up to date with culture as maybe their fans are. But it's just the truth. It's the sad truth about celebrity. Next call. Last call. Oh my god, you changed the voicemail. It doesn't say your favorite podcast who weekly anymore. That's amazing. I mean, I, I miss it, but I was just I guess I'm surprised. Anyway. Had to pause the pause. Is the green M and M a who or a them? She's sexy, but do people know who she is? Contrench. Okay, we've talked about the different M and M's. I mean I don't even care if we talked about it before. What are the what color of M and M's do you know the personalities of off your top of your head? Because I know two or three. The green is the sexy one. The yellow's an idiot. The red is like an asshole. He's like I'm the Ryan Reynolds. I'm the Ryan Reynolds M and M. You know, and the yeah. and the, the 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 yellow one is very like Lenny from like um that play. No, the yellow is yellow is very John C. Riley. Sorry, not Lenny. Um, of yeah, mice he, and John men. C. Riley played him of mice and men. He's oh he's wow. The, oh, you were actually. <laughs> Yeah, play- you were thinking think of a John C. Riley character, and I was just thinking John C. Riley. But yeah, yeah he's well, a John C. Like Riley pl- character. Of Mice and Men, the book, the book, the play, whatever. Yeah. I've seen that play. Like I forget. Anyways, he. I think John C. Riley actually played. We were both thinking of the same exact character. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I'm pretty sure that the brown one is like smart. Because remember when there was this thing the where brown the brown one wears, and the, green the thing one when were the brown fucking? one wears glasses. The brown one wears glasses. <laughs> but she's also sexy. She's also sexy. Yeah. But I would say in terms of from them to who, the green is number one, then close second is the yellow, then the red, then the brown, then what other colors are there? Even? There's like, blue and orange. Uh, in terms of the spokes orange. candies on the M&M's wiki, blue and orange, I, I see them. I don't know them. Like, I don't know them. They don't have personalities. Like, give no. me a baby spice. Give me a, give me a, you know, posh spice. Give me anyone. Give me a Harry, give me a Louie, give me an Isle, yeah. but like... Give me something. You basically have four. Ms. Green, sexy. Ms. Brown, Ms. smart. Green. <laughs> Red, Ryan Reynolds, yellow, John C. Riley. Blue and orange, we don't know them. I think that red is uh, male-coded and also straight-coded. Definitely. I think that yellow is like bi-coded. Red would be played by Danny DeVito, and orange would be uh, yellow would be played by John C. Riley, and green would be played by like a nervous Kevin Hart, you know, like a Kevin Hart, like a frantic Kevin Hart, I think. Green? And oh, you mean orange? Green would be Salma Hayek or something, and brown would be Ms. Brown would be Ms. Brown would just be Vanessa Williams because she's already doing it. 
like she already has the contract as Miss Brown in the commercial. So I'm sure she'd want to continue the performance. That's right. They'd just like have her do it. Or honestly, they'd recast her as like like a nerd. They'd be like uh, like a nerd, like a hot girl with glasses. I feel like they'd say we need somebody who's like nerdy. Like, um, oh, yeah. Like, um, who's coded as smart? <laughs> Emma Watson. <laughs> oh, Emma Watson comes back. Emma Watson comes out of retirement to play Ms. Brown. God, calling someone coded as smart is like so rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who's coded as smart? Emma Watson. She's come. Emma Watson's like, I'm taking a break from my activism. I'm, I met Al Gore this week and I think I'm done for now. And I'm going to be coming back to movies in the Eminem's movie. And I'm playing Ms. Brown. Honestly, Eminem movie where they like do a heist. That's not crazy. And somebody should be writing it. Blue is I'm sorry, Blue. I just decided Blue is Patty Harrison. Like we need wow. someone fun oh. for Blue. <laughs> OK, cool. <laughs> Blue we is need Patty someone Harrison. funnier. Blue is Patty okay, Harrison. Great. That's true. <laughs> we you got need it? someone younger and funnier and weirder to like break the tension of the A-listers, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. Okay, so we did it. But Ms. Green is, I think, but I think we are in agreement. Ms. Green is the themiest M&M character. Definitely. I'm glad we had this conversation. Oh, thank God. Me too. So come see us tonight. And we can't wait to see you all tonight in Brooklyn. Uh, if you're going to be there, we can't see, wait to see everyone else on the rest of our tour. Literally next weekend, we'll be on the West Coast, baby. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Then Believe questions, comments, and concerns. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song. Thank you to our research assistant, Timmy, for being so helpful all the time. Thank you for being a patron at patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes and more and thanks for listening this far have a great weekend bye bye it's a movie about trauma hi Lindsay bobby long time long time um i had to pause the pod for literally the stupidest reason but um you're talking about emily mariko and you pronounced her fiance's name wrong. It's Matt Rickard. And I know that because I had a crush on him in college. Um, so I like to tell myself that had things gone differently, I could have been Emily Mariko. I know that's wrong. I don't want to hear it. Um, which is ironic because I'm telling you that you did something wrong, yet I'm not willing to see how I did something wrong. However, it's Friday. Okay. Good form, Bella Thorne, ScarJo, Pizza Rolls, all of that. Bye. Hi, Weekly. Um, I'm at work, and I had to come into a conference room because I can't stop thinking about something that happened last night. I was at a Broadway show, and outside of the theater, they had a step and repeat, I think, because it was the opening night for the show, Freestyle of Supreme. And this woman gets all excited and walks over and takes a picture of the person with step and repeat and says, oh my God, it's Rachel Ray. I'm so excited and walks away. And I look up and it's Rachel Dratch. Do you think that Rachel Ray would be upset that someone thought that she was Rachel Dratch? Me and Grace. I feel like I'm losing my mind or maybe I'm just in a lesbian bubble, but Megan Fox is definitely a them. I'm sorry, but she is. French French. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, just following up on a previous call where I was just so baffled at how wrong you are that Megan Fox is a who and Machine Gun Kelly was a them in that relationship. If you go to Instagram, she has 17 million followers and he has 9 million followers. 
And adding on to that, he follows like 900 people. She follows zero. So if you're just going by the follow to follow to followy ratio, she's she's just by the laws of physics she's winning. Also, she doesn't tag him in a single photo. She does not need him. He needs her. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, just calling away in on the Halloween streaming service um, names. I just opened up Paramount Plus, and their Halloween section is labeled Peak Screaming. Like, and it took me a second, but I guess like Peak, like a mountain, like the Paramount logo, and just screaming, like screaming. And, um, so that's pretty bad. And then I was like, that's a real missed opportunity to name it Scaramount Plus. That writes itself. So just wanted to let you know. Okay, bye.